0: WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to uh, discuss Chuck's new article entitled Christian Zionism, the World's Newest Religion. And so uh, we've got Chuck that's here with us and also Craig Hansen to discuss this. And so Chuck, why don't you give us the reasons for uh, saying that Christian Zionism is the world's newest religion. We might refer to it, ladies and gentlemen, as neo-Christianity. The word neo, the preface there, means new. So this Christian Zionism is a neo-Christianity.
1: Chuck? Well, thank you, Tom. Uh Yes, and of course, I'm speaking of major religions. There may be sects here and there, all over the world, someplace, that are a lot newer they may have sprung up last week, for all I know. But when we talk about uh, what is popularly called now Christian Zionism, we're talking about something that's given credit for putting Donald Trump in office. Eighty-one uh, percent of the so-called evangelicals in the United States have voted for Donald Trump, and... This has also been true of past presidents. Majorities have made a big difference. It's estimated that there are some 60 million people in the United States who are influenced by or go to churches that essentially preach this doctrine of what has been called Christian Zionism. And we like to label it neo-Christianity because we'd like to point out that it is new. It's by far the newest big cult in the world today, and the most influential one. And the reason for that is it has huge international backing from far beyond our shores. It comes from other countries. It comes from the Zionist movement itself that pushes the the notions of Christian Zionism. And we've noticed as the years have gone on that there's a lot of falsification that is used to influence Americans to make them accept this idea that Christian Zionism or Neo-Christianity, as we've titled it in, in our article today, is traditional. That it's something that's always been with us and that people just haven't recognized it as being traditional mainline Christianity. This is what founders and the promoters of Christian Zionism want us to think. However, it is not really the case. It is a cult that stands pretty much alone. And if you go back in history and examine the historical background of it, it only goes back to 1909. Now, there was a World Zionist movement trying to set up a physical state of Israel before that, and it was active at that time, but the American churchgoers didn't know anything about this at the time. The present-day promoters of Christian Zionism have moved heaven and earth to try to teach us that this is something traditional that goes back to the Quakers, that goes back to the original 17th century Methodists, the Church of Christ people, the Puritans. And in so doing, we've gone to the Wikipedia website, and we've seen the hands of this movement in creating a story for us, a, a pretense that... Christian Zionism dates back to what's known as the Restoration Movement, and that goes back to the days of Puritan David Owen. David Owen wrote thousands of pages of very readable theology, and it goes back where these claims are are placed upon John Wesley and his brother Charles Wesley, claiming that the Methodist Movement was promoting Christian Zionism way back at the time of the founding of our country. These things we've found to be false, and we're going to be talking about those tonight. But the reason that we've decided to do this is because we think we need to provide a new word for us to describe this cult that has so much impact and influence. Uh, and so in the future, we will be calling it Neo-Christianity. And uh, when we use the word Christian Zionism, we're going to put it in parentheses as though they said it. It's one of the amazing things Christian Zionism does not sound like something that you or I would like to be called. It doesn't sound like a pure Christianity of any kind. It sounds like something you would just assume your neighbors didn't know you by. But we found that the leaders of the movement, such as John Hagee and others, have adopted this and actually held it to them and claimed to be Christian Zionists. And the reason for that is this program is is being carried out to attach it back to the very foundational settlers of America, the Puritans and so on. So we'll get back into this a little later, but uh, Craig Hansen has been doing some study on this and has spent some time with Jim Perloff, who's written about it and broadcast about it. So perhaps we'll have Craig give us some notions about what the origins of the Christian Zionist movement are that go back to Cyrus Schofield in 1909.
2: Craig? Oh, thanks, Chuck. What started here is Chuck was mentioning his uh, his article, and that started me doing a little Internet search, and I stumbled across uh, James Perloff, that's P-E-R-L-O-F-F, on YouTube. Now, I had uh, never heard of him before, but Chuck and Tom have. His YouTube piece, I'm sure we're going to put a link to it, it's called James Perloff, on Christian Zionism and the New World Order. It really is Farmer primer on what is Christian Zionism. He goes into a lot of the things we've talked about uh, throughout the years. Again, the Schofield Reference Bible was uh, Cyrus Schofield, John Nelson Darby. He goes into the Zionist attempt to try to get the Catholic Church to support this Palestinian state of the homeland for the Jews. The Pope turned them down and they ended up going to the, the Protestants and, and all this intrigue that had taken place throughout the years, James Perloff goes right through this. interesting thing is that what we've seen uh, when, as we've been to uh Christians United for Israel, Knights to Honor Israel and so forth uh, with our vigil signs, we get accused, since we're speaking out against Christian Zionism, we're uh, accused of being anti-Semitic. Well, what makes this so much fun with James Perloff is he's half-Jewish. So he's able to speak out as a Jew about the dangers and the uh, just how unbiblical Christian Zionism is. And I think, Chuck, as you were mentioning, their goal with this neo-Christianity to go back and try to find somehow that somebody mentioned something about the Jewish homeland or Jewish uh, having the right you know, to return or something, they pull these straws trying to uh, find something because they're truly looking for legitimacy. And they don't have it. I mean, even if you go back to the founding of Zionism, which is 1880s, 1890s, that's as far back as you can go to look for the Zionist movement. So to think about 2,000 years of Christianity, this idea of Zionism, it wasn't even a part of that. So to try to find legitimacy for this group, they're trying to pull a little thread here and there from these, uh, like John Wesley and so forth, to try to legitimize it. But it's not biblical. It's not the historic church and all. And, you know, we've been saying that for a long time, and it's really, for me, it was refreshing to hear another voice, especially a Jewish voice, coming out and saying basically the same things that we've been saying for a long time. It's documented. He's got all the references. He crosses all the T's and dots the I. And I would tell you, I highly recommend the two-hour and 17-minute YouTube video. So it takes you know, some serious time to sit down and listen to this. But he exposes the Rockefeller influence and the modern Christianity movement with the National Council of Churches, the World Council of Churches, and all, all these things. And it's definitely a good lesson on the root of Christian Zionism. I highly recommend it.
1: Thank you very much. And I want to present a couple of these straws that pulled out to try to gain legitimacy. If you go to the Wikipedia website of Christian Zionism, There they identify people like John Hagee and others as being prominent. But they also attempt to pull these straws. One of the straws they pulled is a single verse out of an old hymn that Charles Wesley wrote back in the days when they were still in England. And in it, he makes it very clear that what the interest of the Methodist movement was, was seeing all Jews converted to Christianity. They weren't interested in the land or the politics. They basically felt that the promise of Jesus was to all men. And that should very well include the Jews. So he wrote this song, and in it it has some verses that talk about that. And here's one of them. We know it must be done, for God has spoke the word. All Israel shall their Savior own to their first state restored. So here he's saying... The object of this is the evangelization of all Jews, and uh, this song that Wesley wrote has many verses, and I didn't go through all of them, and I've never heard it sung in any church I've been in, but that I remember. But it refers back to Romans eleven twenty six, and that's the verse that John Wesley, or Charles Wesley, who wrote it, referred to, and uh, and if you look back at that verse, it talks about how the Jews denied and turned from Christ, and yet He's to them offering salvation through Him, and they're expected to come forward and accept it because it's God's will. If you look at Romans eleven twenty six, the Apostle Paul, who himself was a Judean and uh, would be called, would have been called an Israelite at that time, not a Jew. There weren't any Jews at that time, but he would have been called an Israelite from perhaps the province of Judea. But again, the current modern Christian Zionist movement takes that verse and cites that and says, this is proof that God expects us to install the Israelis as a political Zionist state in Israel. Another even more uh, telling and I thought uh, profound statement came from John Owen. John Owen, a prominent 17th century English covenant theologian, Wrote, moreover, it is granted that there shall be a time and a season during the continuance of the kingdom of the Messiah in this world, wherein the generality of the nation of the Jews all over the world shall be called and effectively brought into knowledge of the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, with which mercy they shall also receive deliverance from their captivity and restoration onto their own land. Well, clearly, what Owen was talking about was God's conversion of the Jews to Christianity. Uh, not an atheistic culture made up of 85% atheists, as is the present state of Israel. Uh, and the other 15% are not Christian so these references that the Christian Zionists have used to claim that the Methodist Church is their foundation and that they have the roots in Puritanism is completely false.
0: Well, Chuck, I guess maybe we ought to even look at Christian Zionism itself because that's a relatively new term. It's an oxymoron uh, to completely Zionism as a political philosophy, and Christianity is a religion. And so they've melted the two together, and it's become a new religion, as you're claiming here. But it's only been in the last less than 20 years when we started in 2002 with your trip to Gaza. The term Christian Zionist was not even on the radar. I, I believe Ariel Sharon, the Prime Minister of Israel, came up with this term or started using it. Do you know yes. that to be true? Or? Well, I don't know
1: exactly where it came from. It came quietly up upon us. And, uh, yes, and we, we were always surprised when someone like John Hagee or Pat Robertson or Jerry Falwell would admit to being a Christian Zionist because we thought that's like admitting you're not a Christian. You're some combination of religions sounds to us like it would be something they wouldn't want to be established, but apparently it's been worked out at the highest levels, I'm sure Mr. Perloff could comment on that, that they're promoting it as a word. Now, the New Oxford American Dictionary uh, definition of Christian Zionism is, quote, a movement for the establishment and now the development and protection of a Jewish nation in what is now Israel. It was established as a political organization in 1897 under Theodor Herzl and was later led by Shane Wiseman. So he's talking about the original Zionist movement long before any church people even knew it existed. But uh, this is the definition in, in one dictionary. Uh, the definition in a lot of dictionaries is very similar to this. It's generally establishment of a Jewish state and says nothing about that Jewish state being Christian.
2: And Chuck, as, as you're saying and talking about this, again, it is a secular, political, Jewish state, and I, I've been reading Jeremiah, and if, you, if anybody reads Jeremiah and puts alongside of it the modern state of Israel, there is, <laughs> it, it is so far apart, it's, it's not even funny. Any promises in the Old Testament of returning back to the land was always done in, with repentance, and turning back to God. And what we see today is this most godless secular society when Tel Aviv was voted the most uh, gay-friendly or capital of the world. This is so anti-Jeremiah. It's so anti-Old Testament, anti-New Testament. And really, the the teachings, if you look in, in John, and it says anyone who says that Jesus is not from God is an antichrist. And very easily you could say the whole the Zionist movement is an anti-Christ message. Because, again, going back to Perloff, he goes right into the Talmud and he shows what the Talmud says about Christianity. And it is, it is vulgar and it is, it's obscene. And that is what these Orthodox believe in their Talmudic writings. And this is the same oral traditions and things that Jesus spoke out against, John the Baptist spoke out against, Paul and the Apostle spoke out against. So what we're seeing is this rise of this secular state that doesn't have the the biblical basis, that doesn't have the moral basis to even operate.
0: This is interesting. The promotion of what we call Christian Zionism, or actually it's a form of dispensationalism. One of the early, uh, I guess, proponents of dispensationalism is the Moody Bible Institute. And uh, I just happened to have a, uh, this is from my father-in-law, this was a devotional by a Warren Weersby in 1970 and here is what he said, Gentile Christians in this present age have a spiritual obligation to the Jews for apart from them there would be no Bible or no gospel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Uh, that's from Psalm 122.6. Well, that implies his comment there that the Jews today are linked to the, the Israelites of Jesus' day, and uh, there's no way of really proving that, but it does guide people into the notion that God gave the land to the modern Jews today, that there must be some connection to the Israelites of uh, some 3,000 years ago. And, of course, this has been repudiated by Paul. And this is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. And then he goes at the end of the chapter, verses 28 to 29, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So all this is really a moot point about the modern day Jews being a fulfillment of biblical prophecy because the nature of the lineage was from Abraham to Jesus, and Jesus became that fulfillment of the prophecy. So, this is interesting how we've been slowly, as followers of Christ, been moved off the dime, so to speak, into accepting false theologies like that which is represented by Christian Zionism.
1: Right, and uh, of course, uh, we are going to make a practice of pointing out in the future that the huge, enormous weakness of the Christian Zionist movement is that they do not have any Christianity mixed into it, in that they do not require anybody in Israel to believe in Jesus Christ. Their allegiance to the state of Israel is entirely political, And they ignore what John Charles Wesley said in his poem. They ignore what uh, David Owen said in his treatise, which I'm sure there's a lot more of, about, first, the Jew must become a Christian, and only then can he be a citizen.
2: And I think, uh, Chuck, what's good to follow up on that is just John Hagee's dual covenant theology, that the Church is the spiritual chosen people, And the Jews are the physical chosen people, and there's a two-way path to God, and the Jews don't have to be Christians to get into the pearly gates.
1: Elaborate on that a little, Craig.
2: As far as elaborating on the dual covenant theology, when it says in Romans 11 that all Israel will be saved, it's taken in the context that all Israel, all the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are going to have this special relationship, and so that comes upon them. Of course, they don't read the verses before or after where it says, all is not Israel that is Israel. And it goes on to define that people of faith that really are the, the true descendants of Abraham. So, by taking that pressure to convert Jews to Christianity, then they can just do what they want and we have to support them because they're on the separate track of God's chosen. And so, that leads to all kinds of things and if anybody's listened to us for any length of time know that we have a peace mission and our idea is to present Jesus as the peacemaker. And what we see with Christian Zionism is to support unending wars for Israel. Again, going back to Perloff's article, it extends Israel is to be much larger. It's to be the new world cap of the world. Uh, there's there's so much more here that as they take in more and more land, it takes wars to establish and secure them. And here we are as Christians supporting this war effort, which is so long.
1: Greg, that is a great thought on which we should close, how Christian Zionism is leading us into continuous wars. It isn't just three or four million Israelis killing off three or four million Palestinians in a small, insignificant part of the world. It is a movement that has generated wars all over the Middle East. And as Donald Trump speaks tonight, he's talking about the terrible government of Iran that needs to be corrected. Well,
0: Chuck, let me end here by Reminding people of one of the examples of the warlike nature of Christian Zionism is a, a little video that we made a number of years ago. It's entitled John Higgy with Benny Hinn praying for war in the name of Jesus. And this is before the 2003 Gulf War where he was on Benny Hinn's program actually praying in the name of Jesus, to go to war to protect Israel. And that is all what it's about. And, of course, he has since then called for preemptive strikes against Iran and demonizing them. And so this certainly, as we've pointed out many, many times, is contrary to the command from Jesus Christ that said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And we fail to see this by actions like this from Christian Zionists, particularly of the stripe of a John Hagee. Thanks, Chuck, for your new article, and we'll look forward to discussing this issue of neo-Christianity further in future podcasts.